one. Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the fucking Hoja Show. Uh, our weekly hockey show. Nick and I love bringing you guys. Got a lot to get into. Got a whole new show format uh, to debut for you guys. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, as always, going to get it started here with the news. Um, first up, we have a brand new Stanley Cup playoffs logo. Um, the old one is out. I actually really like the old one. I thought it was very cool. Um, we seem to be getting away from using any sort of color. In, I mean, I know the, the last one that we had did not have any color to it. Um, yeah, just plain black, gray, and white now. Which sucks, because, I mean, the one is in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, with the, the orange logo in there. Uh, it was dope to see. But yeah, very minimalistic design. Uh, we have the Stanley Cup trophy uh, with the year uh, split in it around the little badge. And then underneath of it, it says Stanley Cup Playoffs. And that is your new Stanley Cup Playoff logo going forward. Um, we'll see how long this one is used for. Nick, do you have any thoughts? I know you're new to the game, but... Uh, I mean, as someone who appreciates the simplistic design behind certain things, um, I'm not always a big fan of simple in sports. Uh, you know, you you want to get the fans involved and get them excited, and I feel like when it comes to that, simplistic isn't necessarily the best idea, but hey, I'm not the one at the top making decisions, so what do I know? <laughs> but... Nonetheless, uh, as we get closer um, to those Stanley Cup playoffs, um, obviously some of these games are going to start to have a lot more meaning. Um, and one that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of meaning uh, as far as playoffs are necessarily concerned, at least for one side. Um, we do have the Heritage Classic coming up on Sunday. That'll be Toronto versus Buffalo on, at 4 p.m. on TNT in Hamilton, Ontario. So uh, tune into that. Um, like I said, not necessarily a whole lot of playoff implications for Buffalo, but should be an interesting game nonetheless. Yeah, um, obviously Buffalo's had a rough, I can't even say rough year. They've had a rough few years now. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you have an outdoor game, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they, they put a lot of effort into this Heritage Classic. So I'm really excited to see this. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, speaking of games uh, this week, uh, Carolina bounced back from a 4-0 shutout loss to Washington. Uh, and stressed her Eastern Conference lead to three points, uh, six-point lead over the Metro. Uh, Colorado sits with 85 points. The two will play each other Thursday in Carolina. Yep. And on the other side, uh, the Calgary Flames picked up a key win Saturday night over Colorado uh, with a 4-3 victory in overtime, helping them uh, keep a little pace in the West and keep them ahead of the Pacific Division. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting race to watch. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, Pittsburgh had a dominating win uh, Thursday night over Tampa Bay, 5-1. to one. Um, I was texting you during the game. I mean, anytime you piss off Evgeny Malkin, it's not a good idea. Um, he, it was like middle of the third, um, just went out and decked two dudes, stole the puck, skated down, had a breakaway, and, and uh, buried the goal. Um, yeah, just absolutely dominated Tampa Bay, 5-1. Uh, to one. They had a back-to-back -back with Carolina the next night. Uh, jumped out to a 2-0 lead, uh, but couldn't hold it. Lose 3-2 in overtime. Uh, the penalty Chris Letang took in overtime was really stupid. Granted, it should have been called on both guys. Um, but you, you can't retaliate. You know the refs are already watching you. You can't retaliate. Um, he should have known better, but it happens. You know We still got a, a lot of hockey left to play. 
Uh, it was good to see that we can score on Carolina. Uh, you know, just need to shore up our defense a little bit. I would have liked to see Jari in goal. I think he'll be in goal this weekend when we play them, hopefully. Um, yeah, en- enough about the Penguins. I'll stop talking about them so much. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get George started here. He had, speaking of that, that <laughs> three to two loss at overtime, you were also texting me about that one. And yeah. That was not, George was not having a good night. Oh, uh, uh, no. Yeah, don't get me started because I'm already, <laughs> I'm so pissed off about blackout fucking rules. They're so stupid. Yeah, I don't need to get started on that. Yeah, but nonetheless. Uh, Nashville bounced back from a tough uh, 4-3 loss to Seattle and ended up putting an absolute thumping on San Jose, 8 to nothing. Um, the most fight that San Jose showed all night in that game was in the stands. Uh, there, there was a <laughs> brawl between some, some Nashville fans and some San Jose fans. I mean, when your team gets thumped 8 nothing, it's bound to happen. But uh, nonetheless, San Jose had only 20 shots on goal, had 10 giveaways, and went 0 and 3 on the power play and those are not that's not a winning formula by yeah. means. It yeah, I mean like I said we're going to get the standings here in a minute. It it took everything I had to keep them in the, in the hunt and they're <laughs> they're 11 points out of the wild card right now and I, it took especially after that loss cuz like there there is no bouncing back from that and I was just like no I think next week they'll probably be out of there. Um, Montreal had their five-game winning streak snapped by Winnipeg in an 8-4 to loss. Uh, they bounced back, winning their next two games. Uh, they have earned 14 points in eight games, more than half of what they previously had entering the stretch, which was 23 points, uh, which is just ridiculous to see. They are now out of last place uh, in the league. They have passed Arizona. Um, they have one more point than Arizona right now, uh, and they're catching Seattle too. Uh, I honestly think at some point they're going to start moving up the Eastern Conference ladder a little bit. Um, obviously nowhere near the playoffs, but I, I think they might jump Ottawa, maybe Buffalo too, uh, Philadelphia, but they are so freaking hot right now, uh, which is great to see. Yeah, they definitely, this is a team I'm sure that wishes they uh, obviously could have started this um, sooner. I, I definitely think from the way they look now, if they had played like this all season, um, I definitely think they're at the very least in the playoff hunt. Now, obviously they haven't played like that all season. Um, but nonetheless, it, it's good to see a team, you know, figure out what's going wrong and be able to fix it in the middle of the season and have something to build on as you go into uh, the off season here. But um, speaking of win streaks and looking good, Dallas has a four-game win streak, pushing them closer to the third spot in the Central Division. Dallas, man, I, they're one of those teams, you know, as everybody knows, I, short, or I started watching hockey just a short little uh, time ago. And Dallas was a team I've kind of had my eyes on um, ever since I started, you know, because they've they've had some hot games where they look like, you know, they're they're going to be one of the teams to beat. And then they've had some games where it's like there's no way this is the same Dallas team that I watched the other night. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see uh, as playoffs come, you know, if they can they can bring it together, be a little more of a consistent team and see if they can make a run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one thing I forgot to put in here, speaking of winning and losing streaks um, Seattle snapped, I think it was a seven or eight game losing streak uh, when they seven, beat Nashville. I, I know it was at seven last week, but I can't remember if they lost another one between that Nashville game or not. But yeah, um, it always sucks when you have a, a long losing streak like that. So it was good to see them snap that. Um, Especially a team like us, like it, uh, as somebody who watches every game, you know, we fight every single game. And even the game against Washington the other night. You know, we have chances, and I feel like we play goalies on some of their best nights. <laughs> yeah. It's it's frustrating, but that's hockey. 
Yeah, uh, so we have some great upcoming games this week. Uh, from here on out, we're close enough to the playoffs. We're just going to start going over teams that are in the playoff hunt, um, that are playing other teams in the playoff hunt or in the actual locked in the playoffs once we get to that point. Um, starting off, we have great games tonight. Uh, we have Florida at Pittsburgh, which I'm really excited to see. Uh, really get to, to test of where we're at you know, with the rest of the Eastern Conference. Obviously, we played Carolina already. Uh, we also have the Rangers at the Wild. Uh, we have Washington at Calgary. We have the Lightning at Winnipeg. Uh, we have Dallas at Nashville, which you know, is huge for the wild card standings down there with both teams in the wild card right now. Yeah, for sure. And then on the next night, uh, not as busy of a night as far as important games, but should be an entertaining one nonetheless. Uh, we have Washington playing at Edmonton. Um, you know, it, we played Washington the other night and. I texted George, I officially hate Ovechkin now um, <laughs> because I unfortunately had to witness him score one of his, uh, which should be patented uh, one-timer goals. But nonetheless, I, I feel like you either yeah. love him or hate him. So. The, the fact that it's <laughs> he's been in the league this long, and he literally that's, his, that's where he scores every single power play goal from, is right there yeah. in that slot. And for some reason, in the year 2022, we haven't figured out how to fucking cover that yet. It, it just astonishes me. Uh, but yeah, anytime you have Ovechkin and McDavid going against each other, it, it's going to be fun to watch. Thursday, we have uh, Colorado at Carolina, um, like we mentioned earlier. The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference leaders facing off. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we have the Rangers at the Blues. Uh, we have the Lightning at Calgary. That's going to be another great game to watch. Uh, Anaheim at Nashville and San Jose at uh, Kings. And Friday, starting off, we have Washington again, uh, continuing their road trip uh, at Vancouver. And we have the Wild um, playing at Columbus and the Vegas Golden Knights playing at Pittsburgh. So definitely some important games uh, as we head into the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, uh, we have the Rangers at the Stars. We have the Lightning at Edmonton. Uh, the Kings uh, then go on the road to San Jose. And we have St. Louis at Nashville. Yep, and then uh, finishing off the weekend here, we have the rematch between Carolina and Pittsburgh. That will be in Pittsburgh. Uh, we talked about the the Heritage Classic. I wouldn't yeah. say that with such confidence. Okay, and then I was like, maybe it's not. Um, <laughs> it sounded right, but uh, again, Toronto um, versus Buffalo. Then we have the Lightning at the Canucks. We have the Calgary Flames at the Colorado Avalanche. Um, in didn't you just say that game? Yes. Yeah, so that'll be a rematch from the game on Thursday. Um, obviously, two first-place teams, big implications. Uh, then we have the Florida Panthers at the Los Angeles Kings, uh, the Predators at the Wild, the Winnipeg Jets at St. Louis, and last but not least, on Sunday, the Vegas Golden Knights at Columbus. Yes, Sunday is going to be a stacked day of hockey. Uh, it's going to be tough to watch that. Between everything going on in hockey, we have the Players' Championship in golf, uh, NASCAR going on. It's, it's going to be a fun sports weekend. Uh, Monday, there is only one game in the entire league. Uh, it's between Arizona and Ottawa. So, yeah, it uh, wasn't worth it. That's the only game going on on Monday. Uh, so with that, uh, we're going to update you guys on the standings right now. Uh, in the East, like I said, Carolina leads the way with uh, 83 points. Uh, they went 2-2 two and two on the week. Uh, they have three games this upcoming week. Florida, uh, 81 points. 3-0 in the week. Uh, they have three games as well this week. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning sitting at 80 points. They went 3-1 on the week. 
Uh, they have four games upcoming this week. Pittsburgh sitting at 77 points, uh, one and one on the week. They have three games upcoming this week. Uh, the Rangers also at 77 points went three and zero. They have three games as well. Toronto 76 points, uh, one and two on the week, and three games coming up as well. Your two teams still sitting in the wild card spot is Boston with 73 points, uh, with two and two on the week. They have two games upcoming. Washington at 69, nice. Uh, nice. 2-0 in the week, uh, three games upcoming this week. Uh, one team uh, in the hunt right now. Uh, we have Columbus sitting at 59 points, 10 points back. 1-3 uh, and three on the week, and three games upcoming again this week. Dragon Ass Detroit has moved into this category now, uh, sitting at 54 <laughs> points. 1-2 uh, and two on the week, and three games upcoming this week. The Islanders sit at 50 points, 1-3 on the week, three games upcoming this week. The Devils sitting at 45 points, 1-2, and two, uh, three games upcoming. Philadelphia sitting at 44 points, 2-1, and one, uh, four games upcoming. Buffalo sitting at 44 points as well, 2-2, two and two, uh, with two games this week, of course, a Heritage Classic. Uh, Ottawa sitting at 43 points, 0-4 oh on the week, with three games upcoming. And Montreal, 37 points, 2-1 and one on the week, with three games upcoming again this week. Yes, and over in the West, still sitting uh, quite prettily, uh, in my opinion, at the top, we have the Colorado Avalanche. They went 2-2 two and two this past week with three games upcoming. Right behind them, well, not right behind them, but slightly behind them, we have the Calgary Flames sitting at 75 points, 3-1 and one this week, four games upcoming. Uh, St. Louis sitting at 71 points went 0 and 3 this week. That's not that's not how you want to that's not how you want to play coming into playoffs. That's not very cash um, money of you. No, no, not at all. Uh, but they have four games coming up this week. Hopefully they can turn it around. Uh, about 10 points behind them, we have the Los Angeles Kings. They went 3 and 1 this week, and they have another three games coming up. Uh, at 68 points, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. They went 3 and 1 this past week with four games upcoming. And in the final uh, main playoff spot, we have the Minnesota Wild at 67 points. They went 1-3 and three with four games upcoming. Uh, coming in hot right behind them, we have the Dallas Stars. They went 3-0 and oh this past week uh, with another two coming up. And in the last wild card spot, we have the Nashville Predators at 66 points. They went 1-1, one and, one and they have four games to try to better their playoff hopes. Um, as the season starts to starts to get fierce in the hunt, we have a few more than uh, the Eastern Conference here. We have the Edmonton Oilers, just a few, just a couple. Um, <laughs> we have the Edmonton Oilers at 64 points. They went one and three this week uh, with two games upcoming. The Anaheim Duck, Anaheim Ducks, sitting right behind them at 63 points. They went two and one with four games coming up. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, right behind them at 62 points. They went 2-0 this past week with three games upcoming. Looking to make a push uh, for those wildcard spots. Uh, behind them, we have the Winnipeg Jets sitting at 58 points. They went 1-2 with four games upcoming. And on the line between In the Hunt and Dragon Ass, we have the San Jose Sharks at 55 points. They went 0-3, um, including that huge loss. And they have two games upcoming. And... Our last three teams in the West in our Dragon Ass category, we have Chicago sitting at 48 points. Uh, they went one and two, and they have another three games coming up. 
Seattle at 39 points. They went one and two with three games coming up and last and also about or also least now officially um, for now in the league. We have Arizona at 36 points. They went two and zero, and they have another four games. They're, they're fighting to stay out of the basement. They are. They really are. <laughs> the one thing I, did, I didn't put in here that we didn't talk about. Uh, so Chicago and Tampa Bay played, I want to say it was Sunday night. They gave up three goals in 32 seconds. Mm. Um, just rough. Um, tough to see, you know. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, we also want to update you real quick on the NHL individual stat leaders. Uh, so I'm going to go over the top five. And this kind of piggybacks on Nick's education from last week. Uh, so we're going to give you the top five in a lot of these categories. Uh, real quick, uh, leading the way in points, we have Leon Dreisaitl from Edmonton at 79. Uh, Connor McDavid tied right there with him at 79. Jonathan Huberdeau from Florida has 77 points. Johnny Gaudreau from Calgary has 73. And Austin Matthews from Toronto has 72. Uh, in the goal department, Austin Matthews leads the way uh, with 40 points. Dreisaitl right behind him with 38. Or excuse me, I said points. 40 goals. Drysaw has 38. Chris Kreider from the Rangers has 38. Ovechkin has 34. And Kyle Connor from Winnipeg has 33. Uh, tight race there. I, I really think the winner will at least get to 50 this year. That's that's my prediction. Uh, in the plus, I, I, that sounds right. Yeah. In the plus-minus category, uh, Devin T- Taves. That's got to be Taves, right? Um, from Colorado has 45. Sure. Is plus 45. Good God. Uh, Elias Lindholm. Somebody, I heard that. I heard that in a game the other night that I was watching, and I, was, I literally rewinded it. I was like, "There's no way they just said that." <laughs> no, he did. That, that's not right. Um, rewound it and looked it up. I was like, "All right, ain't kidding." Uh, Elias Lindholm from Calgary is plus forty three on the season. Johnny Gaudreau from also from Calgary uh, is plus forty two. Aaron Ekblad from Florida is plus thirty seven, and Cal McCarr from Colorado um, is plus thirty seven as well. Get into the goalies here. Uh, the goals against average. Um, Igor Shesterkin from the Rangers leads the way with 1.93. Jeremy Swayman from Boston is second with 2.03. Frederick Anderson, who is coming back from injury, which is huge for the, the Hurricanes, uh, is third with 2.08. Uh, Jacob Markstrom from Calgary is fourth with 2.14. And Villiers Husso from St. Louis uh, is fifth at 2.17. Uh, save percentage. Again, Igor Shesterkin leads the way uh, with a 9, 0.942 uh, save percentage. Villiers Husso is in second uh, at a 0.93. Uh, Frederick Anderson is in third with a 0.928. Jeremy Swayman from Boston is in fourth with a 0.927. Jacob Markstrom is fifth. Uh, from Calgary with a .926. And real quick, your wins leaders for goalies. Andre Vasilevsky leads the way with 30 wins. Frederick Anderson has 29. Sergei Bobrovsky has 28. Uh, Shesterkin has 28. And Darcy Kumper has 27 wins. Uh, so, And one last category I forgot real quick. Uh, I also just wanted to see who was leading in penalty minutes this season. Um. Liam O'Brien from the Arizona Coyotes 
has 106 penalty minutes, right? Oh my, that sounds like my NFL be a pro career. Like, uh, yeah. Do you want to guess how many <laughs> games he's played though? Would you say 109? What well, 106 penalty minutes or 106? Um, they, they have played 55 games. I'll I'll put that. The uh, Arizona Coyotes have, have played 55 games. And he has 106. Uh, hmm. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw a number out here and go with a solid 32. Close 37. So he has missed 18 games. Um, he has three points on the season, but yeah, he has 106 penalty <laughs> minutes, which means he's averaging close to three penalty minutes a game that he plays, uh, which is just ridiculous. Um, Definitely sounds like it might be a pro. <laughs> the the next closest is uh, let me try to pronounce his name here, Mark Borowiecki. Yeah, I didn't say that right. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, he's from Nashville. He has 103 penalty minutes, but he's played 42 games. Uh, the other, the Tanner Janot is also from Nashville. He has played all 55 games. He has 96 penalty minutes. Um, Brady Tuchuk from Ottawa is in fourth. He has 94 minutes. And Marcus Falingo from the Wild, he is sitting at 93 penalty minutes. That is your totals so far this year. Um, that I, that just blows my mind. The dude almost has three penalty minutes a game. Um, That's crazy. And only what you, three. What do you say as a coach? <laughs> like, like I appreciate your effort out there, but uh, I I don't know. Maybe more points. Less like, if, if you're trying to be an enforcer, you're not doing a good job at it because your team's in last place. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. But so other that than penalty minutes. There's definitely some good hockey being played, and I I remember a few weeks ago. Um, I don't even remember what I texted you about, but you were like. You know, wait till we get to the playoffs. And and I think um, now I don't obviously this will be my first uh, official NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs that I will be watching. But um, it, it seems like at least to me that we're starting to get into that. Uh, it's like the highlights on Twitter, I feel like yeah, are it's, ramping it's, up. It's do or die time for a lot of these teams. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now you start to see the little I mean, a lot of these guys are they're world class players. And when they get the chance to show it, they really do. But yeah, we're we're starting to get to the do or die t- time for a lot of these teams, um. So you're gonna see the effort just go up through the roof, um. Yeah, you're you're gonna see some crazy stuff, and and yeah, once we get the playoffs, it's it's gonna be absurd. Some of the stuff you, that you see these human beings do, um, they almost don't look like human wait. beings sometimes. <laughs> right. I tend to like I I was talking about that with somebody. Um, I think I was watching college football this past season, and. I tend to forget, and I think a lot of fans tend to forget that that these people are human. Like you yeah. know, you see them, and you got that that great 4K quality on the TV, and and you forget that these are just human beings. Now they might be absolute freaks, but yeah. they're still human beings. Like it's the, wild. The, the hardest part for me to understand at this point is that like I'm I'm getting to the age where I'm older than some of these dudes playing, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like you make me feel lazy and fat, and they're watching, it. right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's or younger scene. than half of these dudes, and you're yeah. like, Jesus, yeah, <laughs> like Ovechkin or Crosby, or yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's absurd. Just uh, made me feel bad about myself. Before we wrap up the show, uh, as always, like I said, we're going to start introducing our favorite uh, NHL moments throughout history. Um, Nick, I want to get your your thoughts on what did you think of the the moment last week with with Paul Correa scoring that that goal in uh, Game Six of the 2002 Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, so I actually, first of all. I pretty much in my family, I'm the only one that watches hockey. Um, but I showed like 
everybody that clip. I was like, this is ridiculous. Because as somebody who's taken hits in sports games before, like, like I straight up blacked out on a football field one time, stood up, continued the play, but like for the rest of the game, had half an idea of what was going on. And this man just said, fuck it. And shot from however many feet out, scored like when he came back. It was just, it, it was absolutely ridiculous to me. I, I rewatched it. I couldn't tell you how many times, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know that 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 moment is always one of the ones that just like I I don't I still can't fathom at this point. Like I said, that was one of my earliest memories of watching the sport of hockey. Um, just absolutely absurd. yeah. He gets he was literally knocked out. Um, yeah, just and, like, yeah. Uh, Snow like, angel. Right when when they when the when the camera cuts to him and he's laying there on the ice and you see like the fall. That's from him like startling himself back awake. Um, he was just breathing on his on his uh, visor there. Um. Yeah, I mean, he obviously he had, he's had brain issues ever since. Uh, he came out and said that he doesn't remember the hit, the rest of that game. So that was game six. Uh, they played two nights later in game seven. They lost, um, and then I think he said it took him like two days after game seven to like finally start like realizing that like, oh shit, like I'm I'm alive. Like kind of like he was just like a zombie like straight through, which is very scary to hear. Um, I believe it was uh, outside the lines or. Um, I forget what the the other reporting show ESPN does, uh, where they interview him. Uh, it wasn't thirty for thirty, but they uh, they sat down, and they talked to him, and you know they they talked about the hit and everything. They also talked to Scott Stevens, the guy who laid the hit, um, who a lot of people will label as a dirty player. I'm not getting into that today. I'm just, um, but they actually had never. I don't think that's changed um, when they did this interview. They had never talked to each other since that moment, uh, which is uh, kind of understandable well that but like i mean it's kind of that awkward moment because like it it really wasn't it wasn't illegal he yeah he didn't do anything dirty per se like i mean correa came skating across the middle and steven's like all right well if you're not gonna look at me like i'm gonna deck you kind of thing like nowadays i'm here if you're not gonna see me yeah (laughs) nowadays that stuff is like those blindside hits are illegal uh but back then it was it was the way the game went um but i don't know I kind of like to see those two sit down with each other and just see how that interaction would go. Yeah. Um, so before I introduce uh, this week's moment, uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for checking us out. Um, please head over to our social medias, follow us, uh, leave us some feedback. Uh, let us know what moments you want to see. I don't want to keep you know sitting here and posting all of my favorite moments. Um, but then again, you guys can see what I'm like. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for showing the love so far. Uh, check out the other shows we have going on. We have the Bunker Boys uh, that breaks down golf. If you want to learn about golf and get into it, um, it's a great place to start. Uh, we have Off the Pace uh, that'll be coming out tomorrow. Uh, everything racing that you need, uh, so go check that out. Nick, you got anything? Um, uh, no, I don't believe so. Just continue the support. We love to see it. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, as always, thank you guys so much. Uh, int- introduce this week's uh, NHL moment. Um, one of my favorite Penguins moments. Um, I mean, I had to throw this in there sooner or later, so I might as well get it out of the way. Uh, the 2017 uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, it was the Eastern Conference Final, went to a Game 7, we're in overtime, and Chris Kunitz scores the game-winning goal to send the Penguins to defend their title in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, so enjoy it, and like I said, leave some feedback, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week. 
Jerry darts after that one. Jerry turns away from Clayson. Up the boards, able to touch it back. Schultz got it across. Here's Cole. Shovels one on now. Kunitz fed one in front. And that one was tipped up high as trying to make a pass toward the net or tip it there. And coming to the bench now is Benino. Now it's Sheary. That one came off Stahlberg. It's Schultz working it back in deep. Fresh from the bench, it's Crosby. Crosby on Kunitz and Schultz.